Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Monday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. Between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here, guests, giveaways, and your phone calls. It's uh, 808-296-1420. I have a feeling this topic is going to generate some calls. When the college football playoff committee met on late Saturday and early Sunday to make the final four picks, um, there was this incredible amount of hand-wringing because never before has a Power Five conference champion undefeated been left out of the playoff. And they call it a playoff. It's not a playoff. It's a four-team. It's never really been designed. They call it the playoff for ease of having everybody understand it. But what it's always been is supposedly an effort to find the four best teams. I think they did a pretty good job on the four best teams. But yeah, you might want to. You could quibble and put, uh, you know, maybe Georgia back in. But I don't see any reason. All the hand wringing centers around Florida State being left out. Now Florida State's an interesting situation. I think if they go undefeated and they have Jordan Travis as their quarterback, I have no doubt they're in. But they have been so unimpressive in their last couple of games without him. I mean, come on, that was a that was a yawner. On, on Saturday. I mean, let's face it. They beat Louisville. What was the final on that one? It was terrible. It was, what was it, 6-3? Something like that. It was just a boy. It was a dog of a game. Because I didn't even make it. I couldn't tell what the final score is because I got rid of it with a couple minutes left. I just said, this is not worth watching. And, and I think, well, on the other hand, Alabama beat a very good Georgia team. I mean, Michigan handled its business. You know, also, ditto, I would say, uh, Texas. I mean, you you could make a case very easily that they got the best four teams that were at this point of the season. So I just find the hand-wringing overdone. I mean, for, for Mike Norvell to be saying it's a disgrace and I'm infuriated. Well, I, the infuriated part I kind of get, since it's never happened to anyone besides you that you got left out. But does anybody think that Florida State's the same team with Jordan uh, Travis as without? I think that'd be a very tough case to make. And and I don't make it. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Florida State getting left out. I, I get it. If I was a Florida State fan, I wouldn't be fine with it, I'm sure. But I'm not, and so, uh, but I'm not a huge fan of any of these other teams. I, I suppose if someone said to me, "Okay, pick somebody that's a little out of the, you know, the beaten path," I would probably say, "Let's go Washington," because I think Michael Penix is a terrific quarterback. You know, they've beat Oregon twice. I mean, I, there was a lot to like about this Oregon team. And Alabama did something that's hard to do. And they came back after having, you know, a loss. And then they had to absolutely win this game to have any chance, maybe even of a big you know, big six bowl. That, that might even have had to happen. I mean, if they beat, got beat 28 points by Georgia, which some people were expecting, 
I, I don't even know if they make one of those New Year's Eve day bowls. You know, one of those bowls, that's, I know they're all over the map now, but they're within about a four or five day period. So I just think they basically got it right. I, I'll, I'll make you a prediction right now. I'll make you a prediction that Alabama beats Michigan thoroughly. That's what I think will happen there. Now, the other game with Washington and Texas, I, I, that one's more of a crapshoot to me. But, no, I'm not crying big, salty tears for Florida State University. Or as, uh, who was it that f- said Free Shoes University? That was really funny. I think it was Steve Spurry at one point who coined that one. And uh, that's, that's before, like, Free Shoes were the least of it. Let's, uh, we got Dave on the line. What's up, Dave? Hey, how's it going, Bobby? Going good. Yeah, so um, I don't, you know, I mean, there's just no perfect way of doing this. You know, um, I mean, you, you, you see all the, you know, the, the metrics that they use with the strength of schedule. And, uh, you know, they, I know they're, what they're saying is they want to try to get the four best teams. Yes, yeah. um, that's the goal. But I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you, uh, I don't, Georgia loses by three points in the SEC championship after, you know, winning 29 in a row, uh, back-to-back national champs. And that three-point loss, you're saying there's five teams better than they are now? I mean, I just, that doesn't make any sense. And I'd also say that Washington, when you compare, I looked at it, and you compare what they did in the, you know, versus top 25 teams, Washington has six wins over top 25 uh, teams and, and playing in arguably the, uh, the strongest conference this year. I, I think you could make up. an argument, to, to buttress what you're saying, I think yeah. you could make an argument for Washington being the top seed in this thing. That's what I was gonna. T- that's what I was gonna say. Now they've got to go instead of finishing off uh, in in the Rose Bowl, they got to go all the way to New Orleans and play, and that doesn't make any sense to me. So I mean, I just don't buy a hundred percent that this was just about always about the four best teams, and and the reason why is I think that you you, you I think you're kidding yourself. If you don't think they're not looking for the most compelling matchups, uh, what's going to generate, you know, really good ratings and, you know, whether they got it right or not, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm biased. I don't ever want to see Alabama in, in the, the top. Right, well, I just don't. That's I mean, okay. I, I know I, a lot of, I know a lot yeah, of people I mean, that are on that train. And, 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 and you know, Sagan, Saban keep, keeps his cool, right. Until he's left out. Right. And then he's got, he, wasn't he trying to get in with two losses uh, a few years ago? One year, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, and I don't know. I uh, I I am a Georgia fan, so I mean, I'll have to I'll have to be transparent about that. But I uh, and I'm not I'm not. Hey, look, you know, we won two two national championships in a row. I mean, I can't really ask for more as a fan. And I'm I you know, in watching 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 them uh, in this this SEC championship was a whole lot easier than it would have been like three or four years ago. Sure. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. I mean, I, I get it. I get kind of why we're out, but at the same time, if you're telling me it's the four best teams, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I buy into that. You're going to drop us completely down to, to six because we lost by three. Now, it's almost like you're treating us like we got beat by 
15 points or something. So anyway, yeah, not only beat by 15, but got beat by say Tulane. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I'll, I'll, get, I'll tell you something that I said, I, I was on, on record with this when Hawaii played Georgia in the sugar bowl back in 2007, mm-hmm. my, I, my contention was that Georgia right then at that time of year was the best team in the country. They were f- yep. fabulous. And, and so I didn't even feel that bad that, that Hawaii lost. I think it was 41-13, if I remember correctly. But- yeah, I, I remember that, and I, I hated that because uh, I, I was living – I've been here 29 years, and I enjoyed every, every single one of those Hawaii wins. And, uh, you know, I was you know, cheering them on too. And when they announced that we had to play them – I I just was not like I didn't. No, wanna, it was you know, just you were almost despairing. I'm sure because we, we, I'd watched the the last month of that season. and I said, "There's not there's not a team in this country right now better than Georgia." I didn't think we should have. They should have put us against USC, and they should have let Hawaii play Kansas that that year. That was my because Kansas would had one loss, and I would have been a little. But then you know, there's there there I am advocating for you know what's 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 more compelling TV, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, I don't I think anybody who doesn't think that that's somewhat of a factor is naive. But I don't yeah. think you can really go wrong when you get teams this good. I don't think you're going to lose a lot in ratings because someone's going to there's always someone that's going to tune in just to see one of the teams get whomped, which I think right. is going to happen when Georgia plays. Uh, I, I think when Georgia plays Florida State, Florida State's going to be it's this comes under the category of be careful what you wish for. Oh, yeah. And I. I, the the thing as a fan, as a Georgia fan, that I'm concerned about is if I'm Florida State, I'm coming out. I'm going to play the best I can play, and uh, they're going to. I know we're going to get their absolute best. And the one thing I'll say in their defense is, yeah, they played with their third string true freshman quarterback, but that's only because the guy that they played uh, Florida with, which I thought was a pretty you know impressive win for them, uh, was in the concussion protocol. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be. They're not going to be playing with a true freshman quarterback in their bowl game. So, anyway. I I just think, I do think that under the current, with with Jordan Travis out, I just think even with the backup guy, Roden, whatever his name is, he's, uh, I just don't think he's even up to the task of competing no, with that Georgia right. defense. I mean, yeah. is pretty special now. I, I just think we have to all admit that. Now, that's a very different case. And I thought Kirby Smart was classier than Mike Norvell. I mean, he's out of his mind because he probably realizes the chances to ever get back here are minute, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> I just don't think that's likely to happen anytime soon. I think yeah, it was a I, perfect, kind of a perfect storm for them. I mean, let's face it, they, they could have lost a lot of the games they played, including the one to Louisville. They could have lost that. True. They could have lost to Florida. They could have lost uh, to Clemson. I mean, you know, they, yeah. they, they got a lot of narrow escapes. So if I'm Mike Norville, I'm going to go to church and light a candle, and then I'm going to call the committee, <laughs> and I'm going to call the committee and say, hey, can you give us somebody besides Georgia? That'd be much more fun. And I do hope I do hope that kid uh, recovers and gets to play again. Though I, uh, I really I do, do too. I mean, I don't have anything against Florida State or Norvell, or certainly not against Jordan Travis. I just think he's clearly the best player on his team. Someone, in fact, I think it was Tanner earlier this morning that was saying, "Yeah, it's a lot like uh, when, you know, what's his name? Who was that backup quarterback that came? Cardell Jones when he came in and won the game." But here's the thing. No one was ever claiming that J.T. Barrett was the best player on Ohio State's team that year. 
So right. the fact that he was out and couldn't play, I mean, really? Okay, but this Jordan Travis is a different kind of horse. And sure. So I just think I, I'm I'm not a person that's hand wringing over this. I I suppose if I felt sorry for anybody, it's Georgia. Because how can yeah. you win 29 games in a row, whatever it is, and you lose by three to a top 10 team, and then you bounced out? Yeah, I mean, I hey, look, I I, I agree, but at the same time, you know, hey, uh, you know, I could kind of see, you know, I bet you know we lost. And you had, uh, you know, then tech, and what are you going to tell Texas, right? I mean, what are you going to tell them? Um, you know, put Bama in and not, and not them, you know, you know, no, or, or do you I, just put you. Texas at number four and put us at number three? Or I, I, number I, hear, four, I hear what you're saying. Three. I think yeah. it would, but I would have loved to see if Michigan was number one, I would have loved to see Georgia at number four. Cause that's another one that I think would have gone Georgia's oh, way. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm hey, not think, convinced that Michigan is all that. Yeah, and it, and we'll we'll find out, right? I mean, we'll find out. Well, that's uh, the beauty of it. They're they're paired up. I but I you know I will tell you this. You know, it, it won't break my heart to see them uh, to to see Alabama lose to uh, to Michigan. Not one right. bit. I probably will lose. I'm gonna be. I don't like Jim Harbaugh, so I'm gonna be rooting for Alabama in that one. And it takes a lot. <laughs> it gets a lot. It takes a lot to get me to root for Alabama. Well, we'll go Huskies then. There, there you are. There you are. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. Okay. It's uh, I, we went a little longer than I intended to. I think it was a good topic for our first segment. But we and up next we're going to have Stephen Sai from the Honolulu Star Advertiser. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Let me remind everybody first: the next Craig Angelus show is this Thursday. And with UHAD, Craig Angelus, for the latest from behind the scenes in UH sports. There's food and drink available, self-parking and valet parking at the MW Restaurant, brought to you uh, by H-Camp and the JN Group. (music) 20 minutes past the hour on this Monday, and... The hardest working man in sports writing is joining us now. Stephen Sai from the Honolulu Star Advertiser with us. Hey, Stephen, how are you? All right. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good. I, I was eminently entertained by that game last night, far better than I thought it would be. We went over all the stats, and basically I came to the conclusion that Central Arkansas was unlikely to be in the same even class as Hawaii as far as shooters went. And they had a guy that was 3-for-24 on the season, and he banged in three in a row in the first half. How crazy was that? Right. He's, he's a good point guard, and he looks like he can move the ball. He's a yep. pretty good passer, and they, they ran a pretty good offense for the first, whatever, uh, 10 minutes. And, well, then, the, and, then, uh, and then Juan took over. Oh, man, that was impressive. I mean, but he wasn't alone because he did it in the first half, made five, all five of his threes. And then Noel Coleman was terrific in the second half. So Hawaii did prove to be the better shooters, as the uh, the stats for the season would tell you. I mean, there's a reason Central Arkansas was 1-8 and eight and Hawaii 6-1. and one. I guess they're 1-9 right. now. But, I mean, I... But I'm telling you, that was better for Hawaii than if that team came in, shot poorly, and got beat 50. That was way better for Hawaii going forward, don't you think? I think so, and it was it was really good for Hawaii, especially coming off that um, long road trip. It was uh, you know they were they were gone for 10 days, played three games, played a really tough game against Utah, and uh, 
Uh, I just thought that the way they were able to adjust and uh, fly and, and just play well, I just thought that was an incredible turnaround for them. Well, I also think that you could make a strong case that Hawaii is getting, you know, the mantra with Iran is get better. We just got to get better every day. And I think they have, certainly since the exhibition against St. Mary's, who lost at home to Utah, what, by seven, I think? And then Hawaii was really in that game. I think they lose by 13. They were a 12-and-a-half-point underdog. But they played really well in a couple of stretches. They had to put a little bit of the fear of God into uh, Utah, I think. Right. And I, I also thought uh, that's when you could start to see that Wam is kind of kind of coming back. You could start to see that. And I think that kind of led to last night where um, he's just starting to get his confidence again. And uh, he's been playing really well this year. And uh, – as you say, you know, he's, he's getting better every game. And then they just kind of uh, really, uh, he kind of did just <laughs> tremendous. I mean, his first five threes yesterday. That, uh, and he probably could have hit a lot more, but he just, uh, he just uh, for some reason, decided he's going to be uh, more of a passer than a, than a shooter at the second half. I, I wouldn't mind at all if he decided, ah, I'm going to stay as a shooter. Because that is one of the prettiest jumpers you'll ever see. He's just, I mean, as someone, as Derek Lowe said, he goes, it's soft. He was saying to Iran, that jumper is soft. I mean, it gets on the rim and has a chance to rattle through. As, as quickly as he might get it off, it's still very soft when it gets on the rim. And you know what I also like about him? He, he looks like a guy who um, uh, was playing uh, without knowledge, you know, without uh, you know, memory that you know, he had uh, four major injuries in uh, his career. And uh, he, you know, he took a charge yesterday, which was you know, incredible. Uh, and uh, and then he also had some nice deal. And he threw a left-handed pass, uh, about half-court pass. So I just think, uh, guys, um, I guess as, as John Montgomery said, uh, that's the reason we recruited this guy a couple of years ago. No, oh, he's a, he, he's a complete player. He's unselfish. And he's also one of the funniest guys on the team. I mean, here on the bus and stuff, you can always hear him cracking, uh, cracking wise a little bit in the back of the bus. He's very entertaining. Yeah, and, and and the great thing too is, I mean, was he John Montgomery's classmate? Because he's an old guy, but he he really fits in with with the younger guys too. No, no question about that. He's uh, I I think before he's done, I don't even think we've seen the best of him yet. Although it was going to be hard to trounce last night, but he I think the best of Juan Minot's on balance is still to come here. Yeah, but and and the other thing too is um I, I just thought that the overall balance of the team was pretty good and he was really sort of um uh, overlooked that Bernardo da Silva had a double double and it just that seemed very not not a very apparent he just had a really very subtle game. No question, and I also think a couple of guys have gotten much better. Now you don't always see it with Morsaki, even though he's improved as well, but you do see it with Bernardo da Silva. There are times if a guy's not really up for playing him. He's a dog, too. He'll go back and up two or three times for the same rebound. He can finish at the rim with both hands. He's a good player. Yeah. Yes. It's just, uh, yeah, he's been very good. But by the way, did you uh, get your Morsec hug? Because apparently after games, he likes to hug everybody. Nah, he didn't get to me last night. Okay, yeah. Well, he's That's told... okay. He's a very friendly guy. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a nicer fellow to be on this team. In fact, I was saying to somebody else, and you really, really don't know this until you travel with the team. But there's not an idiot on the team. There's not really not a guy, a staff member, you know, trainer. I mean, everybody right down the line, the new uh, unlimited assistants that everybody seems to have, all good guys, every one of them. And so yeah, it, I mean, it really helps. They, 
Yeah, I think they do a really good job when they recruit and when they hire people. And yeah, as you know, that Iran is very um, meticulous about everything. But uh, he does take his time when he recruits, and he does take his time when he hires. Scheduling, yeah. But but yeah, when he does uh, hire people, he he hires uh, really good people. So I think uh, yeah, that's that's one of the good things about this team. It's uh, uh, in fact the, the only heated person last night was. Um, I think Iran was a, a, a arguing about a, a call yesterday, so which was kind of nice to see a little fire under him. Yesterday. Well, you know, I think sometimes you you do get people, especially when a team is overmatched as UCA was uh, at certain spots. I just think that there's a tendency to want to, if you're a ref, to want to sort of lighten up on a team that's in danger of getting blown out. And so, while they didn't never did get threatened with that, they were down twenty at one point. So I I think. You know, sometimes the officials uh, they feel a little bit for a team like that. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see um, Hawaii showing a little spark. Uh, you know, especially off the bench and 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 with uh, with the coaches off the bench. You know, it's funny because there's no one on this team more competitive than Javon McClanahan. He he has it. He if it was a disease, he's he's stage four. And uh, what's interesting to me about that is when he got taken out and he wasn't going to go back in right away because Minos was on. And Fuego, and but you could see him chafing to get back in. He does, you know, he's he's in this to play. He he doesn't care about Ackle. He cares about being on the court and contributing to the win. And I think it's very hard for him to take a seat. And uh, you know, he's going to be cheering for his teammates, obviously. But you could tell it was burning him not to be in that game. Right, and I think he's become the new Brock Stepto because uh, um, Wamano says when. It's- Five seconds left. You want uh, um, uh, Javon to take the shot, and you know he hit some incredible shots. And I thought that was one of the most spectacular ones. Uh, he hit it right before the half yesterday. All right, Stephen. Now I know that you don't. You're so busy. You don't have time to really pour into this. But uh, did you have any objections to what the uh, the CFB committee came up with for a f- sort of a Final Four in football? Well, I don't like Alabama, so but I knew they were going to get in anyway because Alabama reminds me of um, uh, New England Patriots, and uh, I'm a Jets fan, and I've seen years and years of that frustration where you know that one program is always going to go ahead of the other. But I think the problem is, is when you call the playoffs because uh, I, I think you're right. This, this is not a play. This is not a playoff. They went and looked at the four best teams, but if you could call it the playoffs, I think Florida State should be in there. I mean, if you're going to call yourself a power. You know, five, uh, power five conference, and uh, and you win every game and every opportunity you have. Um, you know, I, I think you should uh, you should be in there. And uh, to me, it's almost like uh, I'm saying, well, your starting quarterback's not there. That would almost be like um, saying, well, Jacksonville Jaguars can't go to the playoffs if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. I think you know. Yeah, but I think uh, there's a, a difference. I because I think that Jordan Travis is by far the best player on that team. Someone who was trying to make that. Uh, that comparison to Cardell, uh, was it Cardell Jones? I, I don't think that's a good comparison because he was never the best team. I mean, he wasn't, the, JT Barrett was never the best player on that Ohio State team. This right. was this but, but was I a have, separate but, case. Right, but I think but, but they're basing it on what they think will happen as opposed to what, you know, you win all your games, I think you should be in your Power 5 conference team, I think you should be in. But that's because you're, call, but, uh, that's because you're calling it a playoff. But this is not really a, a playoff. I, I think this is more of a four, trying to get the four best teams in there and uh, so it's sort of a, a tournament of the four best teams. And, it, and on that criteria, they did get it right. They did take the four best teams that are uh, going to be playing. Well, I, I get it. I kind of think 
that I wouldn't have objected at all if Washington had been picked as the number one seed ahead of uh, Michigan. Because let's face it, there's a lot of dead wood in the Big Tw- Big Ten. I mean, you know, you can play, play – look, at they play Iowa. The Iowa's not all that. I mean, there's a lot of teams in that in that Big Ten conference this year that were just meh. Yeah, but I, but I think as, as a farewell to the Pac-12, this is, this is kind of great. And and it, it looks like they, they have probably had the best conference this year. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing, especially since uh, – uh, everyone thought that, that that was it, and that, that they were always the weakest of the uh, the five uh, conferences. But uh, it's, it's great to watch them show that the uh, you know that, that it's a great conference, and that they're the best of a great conference. Well, when they beat Oregon the second time, I think when, when I think Washington was like, weren't they like a nine point underdog, something mm-hmm. like that to Oregon after having already beaten them once? I thought that was pretty convincing. Yeah, and, and Oregon's Oregon's very good, so to beat a, a good. A, Oregon team like that, that's, that's, that's a good, good season. All right, Stephen, just just for fun, I'll take uh, Georgia over Florida State, and I'll give you four touchdowns. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> All right. I, I'm good I'm good with that. It's, uh, it's 631. So I just want to get your thought on the upcoming schedule. It looks to me that they have Hawaii Pacific, and I'm trying to remember who's after that. But the third, I think it's uh, Nevada, Nevada, I think. Oh, I thought they were the third one. So who's the no, third no, one? No, no, it's HBU and then Nevada, right? Okay, all right, there you go. So it was three Sundays in a row. That's the three. But yeah. it sounds like the only real, uh, even before we played uh, UCA, I think the, the only one you worry about in that group is Nevada. Yeah, I think so. And uh, that's historically been very good, and uh, that should be a really good uh, game. And uh, but again, it's, it's not going to really matter to get the diamond head. This is a, this is a really you know a good chance. This is the preseason, to, yeah. Right, yeah, to, to get better and you know uh, and, and, and find the rotation. Looks like they they had the rotation, and I, I thought they got to a rotation pretty quickly. And so it's, uh, so it looks like they've, they've got uh, they decided what they know what they want to go with uh, down the stretch. Well, Stephen, we can all watch. You can uh, you you can enjoy having your four touchdowns when we get to the college football playoff. <laughs> I've turned my attention really uh, to basketball for Hawaii fans. This is another chance to see Chevin Cordero, who is uh, he became an even better player at San Jose State. Yeah, I think so, and uh, I think that was I think the right thing to do. And I also thought it was, it was good that they announced it early before all the other uh, bowls were announced. And that you know, seven coming home was was the way it was going to go. I didn't think they were going to go that way because sometimes they like they like to throw people off. But I think uh, uh, seven coming home was kind of getting ending to his career. A cool thing. I agree with you. And 32 minutes past six o'clock, Stephen. Thanks much for coming on with us. We got lots to look forward to coming up. All right. Take care and. Uh, don't cry when uh, Florida State makes you know covers. Oh, if they well, if they win, I'll I'll, I'll cry. I won't cry if they cover. Okay, there you <laughs> go. Talk to you soon. Not, not dignified. Okay, there Bye. you go. Win a thousand dollars cash grand prize and a hundred dollar in weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks. Brought to you by M Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. Welcome back on this Monday edition of the program. Nothing like a little Christmas 
music to spread the cheer of the season. And I'm ready for that. I, usually by the end of the season, I'm tired of it. I mean, I'm like, oh, my. And I would prefer... Uh, I would prefer some slightly different Christmas music. I have to tell you that my favorite Christmas movie, and I don't, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on things like my favorite movie or my favorite color or any of that stuff. But I have to say I have a Christmas movie that's now got to be 20, 25 years old. But I love the movie Love Actually. I think they just divide. That thing is so well edited and written that they're jumping constantly to one interesting storyline after the next. Now, I was debating with my wife. She can't stand that kind of goofy guy that's going to America because he believes that all American women are just horn dogs. And so he's got to go there, and his friend is telling him, Look, you're ugly. Face it, you're not going to do well in America or anywhere. And he just turns the beat around. And, uh, but I actually think it's kind of, listen, it's dopey, but it's entertaining. He comes back with all these uh, Wisconsin gals who, I don't know why Wisconsin girls would seem to have southern accents, uh, but it's interesting. Oh, I know this is, I said yesterday when, to myself, when, when I saw Indianapolis come back and win that game, I am like, well, I know I'm going to be hearing from Sam tomorrow. Hey, hello, Sam. How are you? Congratulations. Hey, Bobby. Good morning, man. Aloha Monday. Always good to talk to you, brother. No, especially after a win like that, yeah? Let's go, man. Four in a row. I mean, Bobby, great great win. Resiliency, man. I think every time I call you, the word I use is resiliency. I mean, you come back in OT, great game. I mean, we let them back in, unfortunately. But, I mean, to hold them to the field goal. I mean, that game was wild, Bobby. Two block punts. And then you have a, then you got a block, a tip ball that they return for two points on the, on the two-block conversion. Like, wild. And then, you know, walk off, Minshew. I want to say, Michael, I'm sorry, Pierce. Alec Pierce, man, that guy needs his flowers. He's getting some slack all season. Two big bomb catches yesterday, Minshew, and then putting one to Michael Pittman for the winner. Walk off an OT. Gotta love it, Bobby. Gotta love it. No, that was lovable. No question about it. I felt good for them. Now, they've come through a lot. Hasn't been easy, especially when they're you know their rookie quarterback gets hurt and he's out for the season, and then you thought, oh geez, how's this going to go? But it actually went right. quite well. It went quite well, and that was good for them. It's going good. We got five games winnable, and we'll see. We just keep stacking the wins, and we'll see where we end up. You know, it's well. You are a man eternally optimistic, and <laughs> and I appreciate that about you, brother. All right, listen, have a good one. 40 minutes past 6 o'clock. I just think ever since Andrew Luck retired, I just thought, oh, boy, it's going to be a rough a rough go for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And it really actually hasn't been that bad. I, I tell you who I, who I really love watching play for them is DeForest Buckner. He, uh, that was a good get for them. I mean, I knew you had to give up something to get him, but you, whatever you guys, they're on the plus side of that trade. You got Tim on the line. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Hey, Bobby. Um, just a quick question. Um, with Oregon State and Washington State controlling all the revenues for the Pac-12 now, yeah, uh, how is that going to be <clears throat> divided up in this year's bowls? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. So I don't know what they've worked out. Whether these, this, the revenues from the, these bowls are going to be, you know, split up under the old ruling or under the new one. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'll find out. I'm going to ask around and find out, though, because it's, it's an interesting question. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, but thanks a lot. Thank you. It's uh, 42 minutes past 6 o'clock. You would kind of think from that judge's ruling that most of the revenues that are supposed to accrue to the Pac-12 would now accrue to the Pac-2. But that does, that seems kind of lopsided since uh, while both those teams were good, um, and particularly uh, Oregon State, uh, he was good enough that Jonathan Smith got attracted by Michigan State, where he's the new coach. I, I just, I don't know, I, this whole realignment, constant realignment thing, when everybody feels like they can grab another bag of cash, doesn't seem very genuine to me. That's just my take on it. It's, uh, it's 42 minutes past the hour. If you have something, uh, go ahead, 296 1420. I, I guess I'm not. I was probably a bit more of the Alabama hater than I am now, simply because I got to know Eli Gold pretty well, who's been there a long time. Play-by-play voice. I mean, for as many years as I've been here, he's been there. I think he's a year or two older than I am. But it's uh, what's interesting is he says that Nick Saban's as good a guy as you could want. When he was sick, he was hearing from Saban and Saban's wife. Uh, with personal calls and notes, which I thought, hey, that tells you something about a guy right there. I mean, because Nick Saban doesn't have anything to gain by making nice to Eli Gold. He's just a guy that works hard and is appreciated by Saban, and I think Nick Saban feels that he's been very fair to that program. And if you if you do that, you're going to be on his good list. And one of the things I noticed, someone said this, some cynic said yesterday, sure you didn't hear anything negative from Nick Saban. He was waiting until they got left out. And uh, then you would have heard from him. If they had taken, here's my thing, the games, games do have to matter somewhat. Now, if you beat the team that was number one for basically a two-time, you know, two-time repeat champion, I don't know how. If you beat them, I don't know how that doesn't matter. I, I just think the games matter, and that one particularly matters. And so Nick Saban was pretty, you know, we can't control that. We're just going to play the best we can. Well, he, that, he said all that, and then they took them. But had they not taken them, I think you would have heard about it. And funny enough, I didn't hear anything really that negative. Uh, you know, I don't know, did you, about uh, Kirby Smart? Because I think Kirby Smart undoubtedly believes that he belongs there and his team belongs there, and they're not getting it. But I haven't heard anything crazy like Mike Norvell about how it's disgusting. Is this quote. It's disgusting, and, in, and I'm infuriated that Florida State got left out. I frankly don't believe. Now, you could make the case that this should be undefeated. Conference champions should always get in. But I, I just think if you're going to pay any um, homage to the idea that the best four teams get in, how could you possibly have – I have Florida State no better than sixth. That's just how I see it. I don't feel like that's a team – that absolutely deserve to get in. And I just told Stephen Sy, I, I got, I'll give him four touchdowns and take Georgia. I think that game is going to be an absolute blowout. And that's, you know, I could be wrong, but listen, I'm okay with being wrong. It's 45 minutes past six o'clock. You got something. Go ahead and uh, light us up. 296-1420. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. The stars are brightly shining. 
Welcome back on this Monday edition of the program. I want to get to something that I've been uh, beating the drum about for a while. I have been saying, even though the 49ers at one point lost three games in a row, I just saying that's the, healthy. That's the best team in the NFC. I still think that. And some people say, well, "Watch out for Dallas." I don't think you have to watch out. I don't think the 49ers have to watch out for Dallas much. I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, healthy. And now all that they have to do is stay healthy. It's my opinion. And I also think there's an excellent chance that Tua Tango-Vailoa and the Miami Dolphins could represent uh, the AFC in that Super Bowl. I mean, that they are just so good offensively. Now, while Tua is really good, I have no issues with how Tua is playing whatsoever. He's really, he's really very good. But the guy who is unreal on that offense, I mean, come on. That is without question Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a man among boys. I mean, you, when you think of what it takes to be a, a starting guy in a secondary on an NFL team, and these are elite athletes. And it's just funny because Tyreek Hill just runs away from people. He's uh, One ball was thrown. You probably saw this if you watched some of the game or even the highlights. So Tua rears back, fires it down the field. This was the 60-yard something. And basically Tyreek Hill's expecting it over his left shoulder. And then the ball starts to drift, and he, without breaking stride, he shifts, turns his, so it's coming in over his right shoulder, makes that catch as smooth as can be. I don't think most people realize how hard that is to do, especially when the ball's about a second or two seconds away from getting to you. Tyreek Hill is fabulous. I mean, he's so overshadowed now, another great speed receiver in uh, Jalen Waddle who sometimes seems like an afterthought. But that guy is, uh, Tyreek Hill is really amazing. I, and I'm not sure they'd be where they are. As Mike Montgomery said, you know, Tyreek really trusts Tua, and Tua totally trusts Tyreek Hill. It's, I mean, it's a symbiotic relationship which works for them both and, and in turn works for the entire Miami offense. I, I just think... Now, we've seen Miami, you know, the turnovers at times or, you know, not very effective play on defense. We've seen a couple. They only have three losses. But, you know, you could think that two of those losses might have been avoidable with better play. I just think that they may not lose again. I'm not sure they can beat San If Miami's at its best and San Francisco's at its best, I think I'd probably have to take the Niners there. But I don't think it's impossible because all you need is them to be ordinary and the Miami Dolphins to be their excellent self, and you'd have a win and maybe even a big one for the San Francisco for the Miami Dolphins over the San Francisco 49ers. But it, it's one of the really fun teams to watch in the NFL. I'll tell you who I just don't have a lot of confidence in. I know a lot of people do, but I don't have much confidence. And you can say, well, I know you hate the Cowboys. Well, I don't like them very much but I the reason and I freely admit this the reason I grew to dislike them is because what they did to the Giants in those Giants bad days and I mean Miami came out of their swoon way faster than the Giants did back then and and so the New York Giants were always getting their butts whipped by the Dallas Cowboys so I suppose that gave me reason enough not to like uh, the boys but um, they're pretty good 
this year. But I don't think they're a match for either the Miami Dolphins or the Dallas Cowboys. That's just my take on it. I know a lot of people aren't going to see it that way. And they say, oh, you're just biased because it's too... Well, why am I biased with the 49ers? I'm trying to figure that one out. I just think I enjoy really good football. And the 49ers just gave a butt-whipping out yesterday. Man, no other way to say it. Just was as clear as day. And I'm fine with that. Now, did I ever expect the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to lose to the Packers yesterday? Hell no. That was shocking to me because I, I, I always tell people when you want to you want to see the real Jordan Love, just take it, just get the YouTube game when he's in his last year at Utah State and watch what happened to him in that game. It was against Air Force. He just got so exposed it was unbelievable. And so I know that the coaches would like to see him not go into extra time to take these questions, uh, you know, to to kind of have a defensive your quarterback in the, in the Green Bay Packers, but get it out there. I mean, he did look good yesterday, or certainly not as bad as he's looked. He, well, I would not say that he was the difference, that he was great, but he didn't lose the game for them, and that was critical. I don't think without that play by Jordan Love, they probably win the game. And yet, I still don't think he's an elite NFL quarterback. Whereas some of the guys we talk about, Josh Allen um, is one, uh, the guy that he that Jordan Love played behind all those years, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Pat Mahomes. Uh, I think to some extent you could throw Trevor Lawrence in there. There's some quarterbacks around this league that usually are really good. Jordan Love is not one of them. He's a guy that's usually pretty bad. But he just happened to be good enough yesterday to beat. Now, I, am I right? Is that, uh, Tanner, was that the fourth loss for the Kansas City Chiefs? I think it was. I think they've lost four games now, which is almost hard to believe when you think how everybody was regaling us with tales of Kansas City greatness. I mean, how many commercials do you have to see Andy Reid and the guy, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, and the guy from State Farm? You see those guys. I know he's not really for State Farm, but those three guys, I'm tired of it already. I mean, it was, it was drawing mustaches on people at first. And now the newest one is he's, he's got this thing going on where you know he's he's they're going to shock him with the announcement that he's the most valuable the MVB the most valuable bundler, and he says really wow I'm shocked at that. Then he opens his shirt and it says the MVP bundler. Then he's got a scroll out thing that comes. This is Mahomes like self-aggrandizing, and then he shoots and then Andy Reid says are you finished now? And and he shakes his head no. And then he shoots off a confetti cannon in the office. I thought it was great. I mean, that, they have made hay out of those commercials, and they're funny. But I think the bloom has got to be off the rose a little bit football-wise. I think you could maybe make a case that Ty, without Tyreek Hill, they're not the same bunch. I mean, it's hard to make up for the loss of a Tyreek Hill. And I think anybody who in Kansas City who didn't get that probably was a little too stoked for words. Let's take a quick timeout. We will be, no, don't. He's saying don't take it. Do I have time to take a call? Oh, so we could take a, a call. I think one and a half minutes is enough. So if you want to get your thought in, who plays in the Super Bowl? I would love to know who you think that's going to be. 
And I've made my prediction. I think it's going to be Miami and San Francisco. Let's hear your prediction. And unless it involves the Cowboys, because I just think don't think that can happen. I think you'll get Dak Prescott reverting to the norm uh, or regressing to the, his norm before all said and done this season. I'm just never – I can't bring myself – to be a Dak Prescott fan, because even though I admire the way he got to the NFL, fourth-round draft pick out of Mississippi State, mostly a runner, he's become a much, much better thrower of the football. But is he in the class of some of the other guys we talk about? Is he in the, oh, I don't know, is he in the, say, mm, I don't know, let's go with, uh, is he even in the, oh, it's funny to say this, is he even in the Houston Texans category? I mean, is he, so I would say C.J. Stroud right now. Rookie year, better better quarterback than Dak Prescott. If you had to pick a team to build a franchise, who would it be, Dak or CJ? I just think let's get real here. I don't think that is ever going to be an issue as long as they're both in the league. I think that CJ Stroud is a more accurate passer, a better decision maker. I think he's got a world of advantages over uh, over Dak Prescott. Well, we are just about out of time. I want to thank Steve Insai and some of our callers. Uh, this Florida State thing got people wound up. For Tanner Hayworth from all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha. <laughs>